Matthew chapter 15, verse 29. Let's go ahead and read through it, and then we'll pick it apart. Jesus departed from there, skirted the Sea of Galilee, and went up on the mountain and sat down there. Then great multitudes came to him, having with them the lame, the blind, mute, maimed, and many others, and they laid them down at Jesus' feet, and he healed them. So the multitude marveled when they saw the mute speaking, the maimed made whole, the lame walking, and the blind seeing, and they glorified the God of Israel. Now Jesus called his disciples to himself and said, I have compassion on the multitude, because they, now, they have now continued with me three days and have nothing to eat. And I do not want to send them away hungry, lest they faint on the way. Then his disciples said to him, Where can we get enough bread in the wilderness to fill such a great multitude? Jesus said to them, How many loaves do you have? And they said, Seven and a few little fish. So he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground. And he took the seven loaves and the fish and gave thanks, broke them, and gave them to his disciples, and the disciples gave to the multitude. So they all ate and were filled. And they took up seven large baskets full of the fragments that were left. Now those who ate were 4,000 men, besides women and children. And he sent away the multitude, got into the boat, and came to the region of Magdala. Father, we thank you for your word. And we ask this morning, Lord, that you would feed us not only with the milk, Lord, but of the meat of this scripture. We ask that as believers, you would encourage us, Lord, help us to grow closer to you. And if there's anybody here this morning that doesn't know you, or maybe that they think they know you, Lord, and profess even to be a Christian, but they're not walking in your ways. Lord, they're only self-deceived, and I, I pray this morning that you would convict them of their sin and that you would show them the cross and what you did for us on Calvary. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. For the last uh, seven days, uh, I've been doing a juice fast, and it consists of a bunch of vegetables. My wife's been doing it with me, and the story will make sense as I unfold it to you. So we're doing the juice fast, and... Uh, in six days, I lost 20 pounds, okay? And I think my wife lost 11 pounds, and she was mad at me, you know. <laughs> how can you do that? You know, there was times where we wanted to quit, but we stuck with it, and then on day seven, I gained a pound, so I figured, okay, I plateaued. Let's go ahead and stop. So we had flame broiler yesterday, and it was good. <laughs> it was really good. The reason I bring it up is because today's message um, is entitled, Less Can Be More. And during the fast, day one, you get a big headache. And if you're addicted to coffee, soon you won't be addicted to it. And you'll realize that the caffeine in your body was helping you with headaches. And you start to get this sort of like withdrawal. Now, maybe I guess I'm admitting to being addicted to coffee here. But I don't think that I was, but I noticed the headaches right away. And then day two, you're super hungry. You want to quit. You absolutely don't want to drink green juice anymore. By day three is the real hump of the whole commitment. And so you pass the headache. You're not past being hungry. And then you're exposed to your first temptation of a juicy burger on a barbecue. 
And you look at it and you go, all of me wants that burger. You don't hear anything around you. People can be talking to you. You're just looking at the burger. And it's dripping. And you're like, I just want to pick it off of the flame and eat it. Just substance. I just need something with substance. By day four, you step on the scale and you see that you've lost 15 pounds. And you go, whoa, there's results in sacrificing my flesh in this fast. I can see how this is going to be great. And so you begin to see how there's results. By day five or day six, you're actually not hungry anymore. And the juice is what you desire. So you can't wait when you blend the apples and the celery and the cucumber and the lemon and everything that you do. You can't wait to drink it. And the reason that I bring that up is because our spiritual life can be the same way. We can set our eyes on fulfilling the desires of our flesh and grow cold to the things of the Spirit. And uh, I was talking with Seth before service. He brought something up that's great. It's a good point. The outer man can look great. No body fat, just perfect shape. But the inward man can be perishing, and we don't know until we fast from the things of the flesh. It's going to be hard in the beginning. But as you progress and you ask for God's spirit, eventually, eventually those desires go away. And then you notice that you're in tune with the spirit and you begin to hear from God's voice. And you can listen to him and you can be obedient to his word. And the longer you fast spiritually from the flesh, the closer you go to his spirit. The same is true in weight loss. How many of you have tried a weight loss program? Raise your hand. Weight loss is very similar. You eat less, you lose more fat. You move more, okay? You burn a ton more calories. But the reason that you lose weight is because you're taking in less food. Muscle gain is actually interesting to take a look at just briefly. Because if you continue to tear down the muscle and you don't give it enough time to rest, you're just going to continue to break it down. You might get injured. But if you train a muscle and then allow it to rest... Take some time away. Less can be more. And what do we see here in the text? We see that Jesus took himself away. He was there and he was praying, and then all of a sudden this multitude followed him. Well, just previously we saw this miracle take place with 5,000 men, and now he's going to do it again. And these are the Galilean people, and they've seen him. They just they marked it out where he was going to be, and they met him there. It's a huge multitude. And what do they do? They brought the lame, the blind, the mute, the maimed, and others who were sick to him. They obviously knew from previous exposure to a miraculous event that he could heal them. Now, I can't help but think like we do. I wonder if they had gone to the end of themselves before this point. Did they spend any money on doctors? Did they try to to go on a healthy diet and maybe the disease would go away? Did they finally come to the realization that the only one who could help them was Christ? And I think that's the case because what do they do? They fall down at his feet. And it's similar for us. When we've come to the end of ourselves, the only answer is to fall at the feet of Christ. The act of falling is submission and and especially at the feet. You've essentially said, I can't do it myself. There's no way. 
The doctors can't do it for me. My friends and family, even though they're good support, they can't do it. I just need you, Jesus. And what did he do? He healed them. But not only did he heal them, not only did we see all of these miraculous healings take place again, but look in verse 32. Now Jesus called his disciples to himself and said, I have compassion on the multitude. It would have been very easy, and I know that I would have failed at this event. I want to get away. I'm going to pray, and then all of a sudden I have to do more work, and all of these people are coming. It would have been very easy for Jesus to say, go away. I'm praying right now. Please leave. But he didn't. He had compassion on them. Because they have now continued with me three days and have nothing to eat. Now, I don't know if for the three days while they were going to meet him, they weren't eating or if just right now they ran out of food. But regardless, here's what we see. They forsook food the nourishment of their flesh to follow him. And they had done it now for three days. Are they committed? Yeah, they're committed. Are they sacrificing something? Absolutely. The desire of their flesh to eat, to be nourished. They're going out in the wilderness, away from the comfort. They're eating less food. And you see that Jesus healed them the more. And I do not want to send them away hungry, lest they faint on the way. Now, if you think that God doesn't have compassion on you, whether you're in a small trial right now or in a huge tribulation, he does. He has compassion on you because when God came down as Jesus in flesh, he learned obedience. He has compassion because he understands what you're going through, what I'm going through. So don't feel like God doesn't care about your situation. He cares about every single one of us, whether it's small or whether it's big. And he desires to help. He doesn't want you to faint on the way. He doesn't want you to lose heart even when you've been fasting. And don't grow weary in doing good. For in due season, you'll reap. I wanted to quit on day three. I know my wife wanted to quit. She said, she texted me, I'm making brownies right now. I've got the spaghetti there. I'm looking at it. And I said, stay strong. Stay strong. But I've got nothing to say because I'm away from food. I'm in the gym and, you know, I'm around people who want to be fit. So it's easier for me. She's the one who really struggled through it. But we stayed committed. And these people are staying committed, even with no food. Verse 33, then his disciples said to him, where could we get enough bread in the wilderness to fill such a great multitude? Do you think that I can do a miracle out of it? Maybe he's asking you that this morning. But look at this. In verse 34, here's the application. Jesus said to them, 
how many loaves do you have? He didn't ask, how much food do we need? Let's take a census of the people and figure out how much we don't have, and then uh, I'll give you a big shopping list. God's not concerned with what you don't have. He's concerned with what you have and what you're willing to do with it. He asked them a specific question. What do you have? Not how many people are not here for service this morning. Who's here? That's what's important. What do you have? What are the small resources I've already given to you that you can use if you're willing to entrust them to me? Because I'm not calling you to walk by sight. I'm calling you to walk by faith. And faith when it's hard because you're about to pass out. All I want is faith. And so they say to him, well, we got seven loaves and a few fish. And there's no way it's going to feed this multitude of 4,000 plus people. It's impossible. But we know that all things are possible with God. Even in this little bit that they have. And you know what? He didn't ask them. He commanded them. And look what it says. That he commanded the multitude to sit down. Jesus knew what was going on. He had a plan. And he knew that he was going to perform this miracle. But he just wanted them to see. You don't have what you need. You can't do it by yourself. And I'm the only one that can perform this for you. So here's what I want. I want to know what you have. You have seven loaves. You have a few fish. I can do something with that. You have faith like this big, like a mustard seed. That's all they require. That's it. Because I know sometimes we can ask ourselves the questions. You know, but God, I don't have this. How am I supposed to do that? How can I, Lord? I don't have enough. Lord, if all I had was more resources, I would. I know we all go through that. And God's not concerned with what you don't have. He's only concerned with what you got. God says, use what you have, and I'll do a miracle with it. Because that's the only thing that's going to bring glory to me. Otherwise, you would have thought it was you who did it. Now look with me at verse 36. And he took the seven loaves and the fish and gave thanks. He broke them and gave them to his disciples, and the disciples gave to the multitude. It's interesting. God in the flesh, and he's giving thanks for the food. This is still kind of blowing my mind. But what's interesting here is that Jesus Christ even brings glory to God the Father. And I want you to see that as a believer, to understand God's nature. This is Jesus bringing glory to essentially himself. But it's pointed to God the Father. And any miracle that we have seen in our lives or has been done for us by God, if it hasn't brought glory to God, it's not a miracle. If it's brought glory to you and you feel good about it, fantastic. It didn't bring any glory to God, it's not a miracle. If it brought glory to God or it will bring glory to God, it's him. He's doing it. And oftentimes, he does that with a little bit. Sometimes less can be more. So, what do we see? The disciples, they gave what they had to the multitude. Now, listen to this. Just pay attention. I don't know if these baskets were like filling up 
as they're going and handing out the food, or if all of a sudden, poof, all this food was ready and they just passed it out. But either way, even after God had commanded them to go and give the food out, they still had to walk by faith. They still had to walk by faith. And I would imagine that these baskets are pretty rad. They're just going around and and as they would hand out the food, maybe they were just refilling. And it wasn't running out. It was like the oil wasn't running out. The food was always there. And they just continued to walk by faith. They continued to go steadfastly in what God had promised them. You guys listen to that song, Hold On to the Promises. Hold on to the promises. Come on, you have to hear that song. Because it's important to hold on to God's promise. Because he's going to carry us through where we think we're going to faint. Hold on to his promises. And God commanded them to go out and feed. Take what little you have and go out. I'll make it more. Do something with it. And if you got a little bit and you're doing nothing with it, what are you doing? He gave you something. He gave you a gift. He gave you a gift of his spirit. I don't care if you're the youngest person in here or the oldest person in here. God has planned for you, and he gave you a gift. Figure out what your gift is and use it for his glory. The gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. He gave you something that's not going to just pew, unless you choose for it to be. Pew. So go out and do it. Take the basket. Even if it's a small gift and you go, God, if I just knew how to teach better, I could. If you know how to teach, teach. If I just had more faith, the people that I'd pray for would actually get healed. It has nothing to do with you. It points to the cross. So if you have a little bit of faith, pray for the person that needs to be healed. The other day I'm at the gym, and if you don't know, I'm a fitness manager at LA Fitness now. Kind of a change of events, but give God the glory. This man, he shatters his ankle on the basketball court. I come and I run and I get him. I said, you want me to call an ambulance or you want me to take you out? And he goes, take me. I, ah, I can drive. He's a young kid, 21 years old, six foot five. I grab him by the arm and I say, sir, can you help me take him out? He goes, yes. We take him out of the gym. Lady comes running out of the pool and she's got a big towel on her head. I mean, literally like out of the pool. Okay. She comes running to the front. Doors fly open. She goes, can I pray for him? Can I pray for him? And what's cool is I didn't say anything. And Austin, the guy with the shattered ankle, goes, yes, ma'am, I'd really appreciate that. And so right in the front of LA Fitness, she's walking back and forth with a towel on her head. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, please help his pain. Please help his pain. People are going in and out. People are looking. And she's praying for his pain his pain to go away, his pain to go away. And she says, in Jesus' name, Lord, please help him. I get him to his car, and it's this, this Dodge Ram, and it's all raised up. And I say, all right, dude, grab that handle. I'm about to pick you up into the car. And I'm sympathizing with this guy. I shattered my ankle. I have a lot of titanium in it, and I know what he's feeling right now. He doesn't want to hear many words. He wants to get to the hospital. He goes, you know what? Don't, don't pick me up. I don't have much pain in my leg right now. And I said, I think your prayers are working. And he goes, yeah, I think so. I shut the door and he left. And the reason I bring that up, it doesn't matter where you are. 
doesn't matter who you're with, but God's going to call you to do something even if you have no idea. And he's going to use you in a certain situation, whether you get the glory or not, which is better, and the glory points to God. And all my purpose was to carry the guy out, put him in a car. So even in your workplace, God can use any situation to give himself glory. And he wants to. He desires to receive the glory from a tool that he can use. And this morning, I'm going to call you a tool. Every one of you are tools. We got to stay sharp. We got to stay ready. And if we're not sharp, we can't cut. Okay? And if you're doled out because you've been a glutton, you haven't fasted, then fast and get sharp. Be in tune with the Spirit. Listen to His voice. And whether it's speaking in front of a crowd of a million people like Billy Graham or if it's carrying a guy out of the basketball court with a shattered ankle, God gets the glory. And this morning in the text, we see he gets the glory. And he gets the glory from a little bit of food that he does a miracle with. Verse 37, it says, so they all ate and were filled. Now that word filled is not just like, boy, am I full, what a great meal. Mm, yes. Oh, man, that was so satisfying. That was perfect. That hit the spot. No, this is filled like, I can't breathe. I'm so full. I'm never eating that again. <laughs> oh, honey, I'm so full. Don't offer me anymore. It's like a glutton. So not only were they filled, but they were filled with more than they could handle. What an amazing God we serve. He not only wants to bless you, but he wants to bless you with more than what you can handle. He wants to give you more. He said, if that weren't enough, I'd have given you more. Go for the double portion. In all my devotions this whole week, God's been saying, obey my commandments and I'll bless the land that I brought you to. I've given the land to you. Now obey my word. And through that, there's going to be challenges. There's going to be temptations to disobey. Ooh, but... You know, just so you know, my job is to sell training. And salespeople can be crooked. You know a lot of crooked salespeople. The temptation is always, don't tell them that they're signing up for $5,000. Just give them the monthly payment. And I constantly have to put myself in check and say, ma'am, here's the computer screen that you can't see when you're going to another sales guy. Here it is. Look, this is how much commission I make. Okay? This is your monthly payment, and this is how much you're going to be paying for the whole year. And I have to obey his word. I can't lie to somebody and tell them they're going to lose 50 pounds in a month unless they're doing a juice fast. I have to tell them the reality of weight loss. Look, one pound a week. It's going to take us a long time. Quarter pound of muscle a week. What? Only a quarter pound? Yeah. That's the reality. And now you know that you have a year to get there. And they took up seven large baskets Full of the fragments that were left. This is important to see that the people who served, they didn't eat until everybody had eaten. And so if you're serving today, or if you're serving at this church, or you're serving your family, you're serving your husband, you're serving your wife, just remember that you might not get to eat until everybody has eaten. So if you're commanded to do something and you don't like it, do it. Do it in obedience to Christ. And then after, when you're hungry, don't worry. He's going to feed you. 
He's going to feed you with seven baskets that are still full, and it's fragments, okay? I'm sure those were good leftovers. Now those who ate were 4,000 men, besides women and children. And he sent away the multitude, got into the boat, and came to the region of Magdala. Jesus performed another miracle. He's not concerned with what you don't have. He's concerned with what you have and what you're doing with it. I like they weren't just satisfied. They were glutted satisfied. They couldn't breathe. God doesn't require an abundance at all. And so if this morning you don't know Christ, you don't know what it's like to have a personal relationship with Jesus, uh, maybe you think you do, but you still continue to sin. The Bible says those who are born of God, they sin not. So don't be self-deceived. God's spirit is either around you telling you, hey, hey, or he's living inside of you. Either way, God has compassion. He wants to bless you. He wants to take you in the land that he's given to you. And he wants to just make it flow with milk and honey. He desires to do that. So please go on a fast, whether that means drinking juice or getting back into the word of God, praying and seeking his voice. I'd encourage you this morning to get sharp. Don't become dull. Don't even get in a, a rut of coming to church and thinking that that's enough. There's still six days left, seven if we're counting today. And this is, this is a big deal because God's given you a gift. And you know, in his body, the less honorable parts, they deserve greater honor than the parts that you can see, like the mouth or the eyes or the cool hands that get to do stuff. Okay, but the other parts of the body, they deserve more honor, the things you can't see. And so if you're one of those parts and maybe you don't get any recognition at all and you've been serving and you've been interceding in prayer and continue to do so because you're bringing glory to God. Nobody else can see it. Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, with what we have left, which isn't much, Lord, with our, our faith, it's a little bit. Maybe we're continuing to doubt if you can ever help us from this point, Lord. Help us to hold on to your promises and know that you can and you will and you desire to. So, Lord, we submit ourselves. We submit everything to you. We fall at your feet this morning and we ask that you'd, you'd pour out your spirit on us, Lord. I know in the beginning of a walk as a Christian, it's, it's tempting to seek after the blessing, Lord. But as we become more mature in you, we just want you. We just desire to have you in our lives. And I pray that for myself for those who are listening, whether here or on the internet, Lord, I ask that we would want more of you and that we would be satisfied, we'd be content in you. We'd stop asking the questions, but if I only had, if I only had a little bit more, Lord, I don't have enough. I just need, we'd stop asking those questions and that we would just be holding fast to your word. Lord, because you said, obey my commandments. I'll bless the land that I've given to you, that we would stand firm and be sharp and be ready for what you have for us today and throughout this week. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.